Good morning, Joy Church. How are you doing today? Woo! There was like a little tiny bit of enthusiasm here. Thank you, Rob. And then we had a really mediocre middle, and it sort of finished with a flourish on the left. Let's try it again. How are you doing today? Awesome. Come on, somebody. Have you had some caffeine today? I can tell how much caffeine I've had because when I get up here in front of people, I start talking fast and loud, and I recognize how much coffee I've had. Well, man, I'm so excited to be with you guys today. So exciting. We have an incredible honor, incredible treat. How many of you would say, Pastor Jake, you do a pretty good job preaching normally, right? Okay. Well, I want to tell you a greater than I has come. He who I am not even worthy to tie the strap on his sandal. Uh, my dad is here to talk to us today to preach. Yes, come on. And uh, both of my parents are here. And so we make my dad come with my mom so that he is in line. She keeps him, uh, keeps him together. And uh, that's a good wife, right? It has to be that, that standing behind their husband. It's like a mother-in-law. You know what they say? Behind every great man is a surprised mother-in-law. Behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes, right? It's, uh, it's true. But uh, I'm so honored to have my parents here today with us. They are the father and the mother of, our, of all the Joy Churches uh, and, and just the father and mother of this, this movement. And really exciting to have them speak and be here with us this weekend. My dad and I worked out our ukulele skills yesterday. We played, I don't know what, four or five tunes together. And it was amazing. If you'd been there, you would have been blown away. It was just us. The crowds didn't come. But, you know, true genius knows no limits on the ukulele. But uh, I want to say just how incredible it is. My parents were not just great parents, but they're great spiritual parents, a spiritual father and mother to so many people, and, uh, and really uh, such an honor to have them here today. So without further ado, let's just give them a warm Joy Eugene welcome. We're going to bring up Pastor Steve. And just let, it, let the record show if any embarrassing stories are told or, you know, any inappropriate jokes uh, then lunch goes from supersized McDonald's down to Jack in the Box. Yeah, we go down. Love you. Well, if I get those double tacos for 99 cents, worth it. <laughs> so I'm telling all my naughty stuff. Uh, you know, I didn't realize how quick you guys get right up to it. Uh, worship was super awesome. Wow, you guys are all looking pretty. You're so much better looking than people in Medford. <laughs> what do you get when you get a group of us people in Medford all together in a room? You get a full set of teeth. <laughs> Come on, Springfield. You're jealous, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was wondering why, why uh, Jake and Bethany asked me to speak, but I realized the name of the of the series is Peculiar <laughs> People. I could just imagine, you know, people talk to Jake and say, your father, um, uh, he's rather peculiar. You know, peculiar can be negative or it can be really awesome. And uh, when it comes to the work of God in us, he, he tells us that we're a, a special treasure of peculiar people. Uh, right now I'm just trying to get my iPad to... There it is. Without an iPad, how many of you know that you don't ask people to turn in their Bible anymore? You say, would you turn in your smartphone to John chapter 4? <laughs> I just want to do a little bit of love for all of you. Um, what a great, beautiful relationship. 
Uh, down in La Paz, they gave us a name for all of us together. It's kind of like Skate World or Joy World. It's called Gozolandia. Gozo in Spanish is joy. Landia is like uh, like uh, Disneyland, but uh, Gozolandia. So it's nice to be in Gozolandia in the north, and and uh, we know that uh, uh, we have a lot of plans for different cities in. Uh, in, in our state, I'm really anticipating uh, planting a church, us planting a church, which the way Kyle's cleaning up, I'm not sure if he's not the next one out. First of all, you, you have a baby, you get your hair trimmed, and then you go plant a joy church. And, uh, but uh, uh, targeted is Salem. I really believe that God has put in our spirit to uh, plant up in Salem and different parts of the world. We have a, a church planter who's working out some things to plant in Wheaton, Illinois. So it was going to be called, you know, Joy Church Chicago, but Wheaton isn't really Chicago if you've been back there. So anyway, trivia stuff and my time is clicking. So I'm going to get right to work. <laughs> this morning, I'd like us to slide one. There we go. <laughs> wow, it's kind of weird from here. I'm at my age. It's like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's slide two. Okay, I'll state slide one, and uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit specifically. I'm going to talk to you about I will send another Comforter, and so um, my first question that I wanted to ask you is, how much do we depend on helpful relationships to keep us running or <laughs> to get us back to running if something happens? Are, are you like me? I, I'm a reluctant traveler. I've been to a number of places around the world and I can go anywhere in the world and after seven days, they've got my body, but my mind is in Medford. And like my one son, Johnny, said, he said, Dad, your favorite things about traveling overseas is air conditioning and Wi-Fi. And, and, and so I'm not, I'm, I'm one of these people that I like being around all these helpful teams in my life. One of my favorite is AAA. I love AAA because, you know, you call them up and say, my wife locked the keys in the car. Or how many have ever been rescued by roadside assistance? Isn't it nice? And, 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 and so there are different things that we have that are part of our comfort and our help in our cities. Uh, I think of Eugene, and Eugene has weird weather from time to time. Like the, the day I get a call, hey, Dad, a limb fell through my house as Jake and Bethany were, were renting a place up near Churchill High School up in the hills there. And it's kind of interesting to find out trees are falling on your grandchildren. It's just like, you need to come home to Medford now, <laughs> you know. But think about when the power goes out here in, in Lane County. You, you trust that, that in the middle of the rainstorm, in the middle of the wind, there's a crew with their slickers on restoring your power. How many of you have gotten used to having power that works? And, and, and it's nasty. I mean, if you really want to see Christians go apoplectic, if their cable goes out. And you can't watch those Dukes of Hazzard reruns, you know? And you're just mad. We have our favorite mechanics. 
We have our favorite sporting goods stores. And then, of course, my favorites. I start low on the feeding uh, chain. I start at, at Dollar Tree, go up to Harbor Freights, Walmart, and Ross Dress for Less. <laughs> Anything from Ross Dress for Less, that's for my wife, who's a rich girl with her old man's money. And, and she, she has to buy that. <laughs> she has to buy that for me, you know. But we have our comfort things. How many of you have your favorite little stores or your grocery store? Or, you know, your favorite spot. Now, how about some things? Many of our children wouldn't have survived if it weren't for Taco Bell or Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. I mean, I know that's got to be one of the food, you know, pyramid is macaroni and cheese. You give it to kids. You don't worry about them. You're hoping that maybe you can slow them down. So unhealthy food doesn't slow them down. It hypes them up and they keep going. I love being surrounded by my comfort team. I find them so helpful. And for some, I'm a part of their helper crew as well. I like to be available and, and take that phone call when someone's wrestling through decisions and maybe walk them through. And if they ask me to come do something physically like a repair, I tell them that my mechanics and my carpenters at Joy, they told me years ago, Pastor Steve, just because you have a hammer doesn't mean you need to use it. And so we all have our gifting that we bring to the table. And it's awesome when you can be a part of a helper team for other people. And I believe that that's what the church is for our community, that you're the salt and light in this, in this region, just as we are down in Southern Oregon. And we're, we're saying, Lord, I want to uh, be helpful as you use me. Uh, Jesus is eternally the most helpful God slash man, God man. He's fully God, he's fully man. And that's an intriguing thought of how that, that the humanity came in time, but the, the, but the pre-eternality or the, the uh, eternality of, of Christ pre-incarnate state was forever. And that from this point on of the incarnation, that God will forever be linked to a body. And so when you look in the book of Revelation, you see you've got uh, the, the, the groovy dude in, in Revelation 1 with the white hair and red eyes and, and uh, voice of sound of many waters. But you forever see in the book of Revelation that when it talks about a body, a white horse rider, it's Jesus. The line of the tribe of Judah, it's Jesus. When it, it's the uh, uh, Lamb of God, it's Jesus. And he is the physical representation of the invisible God. And, and you cannot really outdo <laughs> Jesus in what he did for us. He lives ever to make intercession for us, Hebrews 7.25. And by one sacrifice, he has perfected forever those he is in the process of sanctifying. One of my favorite verses, Hebrews 10.14. He's the savior of the world and captain of the Lord's host. These are tough shoes to fill, being a helper in his shadow. Jesus said he was going to send another helper to continue in the work he was doing among them. This helper, as we know, is the Holy Spirit, and the benefit package that he brings is incredible. Let's look at this. You guys have, have uh, been looking at this verse before because I listened to Jake's message from a couple of weeks, and he used it, and I'm going to use it as well. Because why? Because you need a lot of reputation. Yeah, you, buddy, you need a lot right now. I can tell just looking at you. Anyway, welcome to Joy Church. It's like first-time visitors. I'm never going back. <laughs> that guy from Medford could be here and just call people out. 
Anyway, how many of you know we, we do good when we get a little repetition and we hear things? So looking at John chapter 14, 16 through 18, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because uh, neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So at the time that Jesus is speaking this to his disciples is the night before the, the crucifixion. And uh, there's a lot of teaching in that last, the last supper in, in John. In fact, a good part of John is all given on the last, the, the last evening by Jesus. And he tells them basically that the Holy Spirit wasn't in them yet. He had to ascend to the Father with, with his own blood as a high priest so that the Holy Spirit could indwell. But he says here, he said for uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I want to center on a couple of words here. He will give you another helper. In the Greek, Koine Greek language that the Bible was written in, there was a couple of terms for another. There was heteros, where we get the word heterosexual. And so if someone uh, was, you know, if you were to talk about uh, heteros, let's say, we're going to talk about eggs. And so you'd say, we have, we have a heteros egg. We just looked at a chicken egg, but now all of a sudden, besides it comes a goose egg, which is completely different. It's another egg, but it's a heteros egg. It's, 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 it's different and unique, but it's another. But the word alos, A-L-L-O-S, is the Greek word for another of the very same essence. So when Jesus said he was going to send the Holy Spirit, he said, I'm going to give you another, an alos, uh, an, an, an alos helper, uh, one of the very same essence, which why would that be comforting? Because these guys had the best helper in the world right with them. And they're thinking, this isn't going to be good. You keep talking about this suicide junk about you're going to be yanked up and killed, and then on three days you're rising again. It was so traumatic in their mind that it, as they were in process, they didn't even remember. It was overwhelming. But he kept saying that he, it, it would be good for him to go away, that he could send another helper, another helper of the very same essence who will not only dwell with you, but he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, in other words, I, I will not leave you like someone that was birthed and left on the side of the road, but I will come to you via this alos helper. Now, the next word is the word helper. And, and, and so this word helper in the Greek is parakletos. Para means alongside of kaleo, to call alongside. And, and, and there it is uh, taken from uh, the background in, in those days of a court of justice. The paraclete was your counsel. Now, uh, if you go to court, it's really good, <laughs> unless you're really slick, uh, it's good to have an attorney. And, and in fact, the Miranda right says you have the right to remain silent and you have the right to uh, an attorney. You have a right to counsel. 
Now I'm going to skip ahead to some points and then I'm going to fill in some blanks because I'm not a teacher, I'm a preacher. So we go from point one to point 11, back to seven, up to three. But the key is, is that if you listen, I'm kind of like a cross-eyed javelin thrower. I won't set any records, but I'll keep the crowd alert, okay? And, and <laughs> I'm already distracted because you're laughing. Okay. Okay, I'm going to tell some stories in a, in a minute. These are accounts, anecdotes from my life of where the Holy Spirit talked and did things. Now, I want to tell you something that I've spent all my life in Pentecostal churches, and I've seen the full dog and pony show with time. I've seen real miracles. I've seen fake miracles. I've seen the Holy Spirit knock down and seen people do CDs, certificates of deposit, courtesy drops. Someone's laying their hands and they look around for a catcher and they fall. I don't need phony. I don't need phony. And, 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 and the story of the Holy Spirit's work in my life is always this, that he is called by Jesus the spirit of truth. So don't expect the Holy Spirit to lie to you. In fact, because he doesn't lie, many of us don't want to spend much time talking to him because he makes himself quite clear. And it's easier to say, hey, you know, I'm kind of like father's groovy, you know, son's cool, Holy Spirit, later days. I live in a community that's rather, rather Holy Spirit resistant. We have great churches in Medford, but, but the true Pentecostal churches were one of the largest ones. And, and I think our largest Pentecostal church that's ever been in Medford is maybe 600 people. So what happens down in our valley, it's called Easy Valley. And it's like, hey, I just want to go to church. I want to get the word. I want to apply it at my leisure. Well, if you're rolling with the Holy Spirit, he begins to change the cadence and the pace of how you do things. So for me, the Holy Spirit, both then and now, is about power. Jesus told the disciples, he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem till you're endued with power. What's that mean? That, that changes us as believers from trying to get enough Jesus to cope with our life, to get enough Holy Spirit and Jesus to conquer in our life. I don't know about you. I never played any sport for the tie. I go for the win. Let's go for the win. Let's go for the win. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to conquer, not merely cope. Dunamis is the word dynamite comes from it. And so we have exousia from the Lord. We have authority. We have the badge, but we also got the big gun. The Clint Eastwood make my day punk gun called the Holy Spirit to get some things done. And so for me, I'm not like someone that really digs religion. And so if you're going to show me all kinds of film of world religions and people chanting and twirling Tibet wheels and mourning and cutting themselves, I go, boring, let's watch football. And a lot of times people think if you're in the ministry that you're like this uber religious person. I'm not uber religious. I'm uber practical and I want things that work. The blood of Jesus gives you a brand new life. The power of the Holy Spirit will speak truth to you and he will guide you. And the Holy Spirit's not an it. It isn't something that we pray for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and go, you got it. The Holy Spirit is, is the third person of the, of the triune God. He hovered over this faceless deep and he formed the heavens and the earth 
Father is, is eternally the shot caller. And Jesus, the word, is the face of God bodily. And the Holy Spirit is what we call the executive level of operation spiritual right now on the earth. What do I mean by ex executive? An executive is someone who ex executes the plans of a corporation. And right now, we, we know where the Lord is. We have the fathers in heaven at the right hand of the fathers, Jesus ever living to make intercession. So who's doing all this? I feel Jesus. Yeah, I, I felt Jesus in worship today. Who did I actually feel? I felt the Holy Spirit who is, as the words of Jesus, is not leaving his orphans, but he comes to us. And so Jesus that we feel is the Holy Spirit among us. And I want to just put into your mind that I like good counsel. Okay? A little background. I came from a father that, that I adored. I adored him when he lived, and I adored him when he died. I'll forever adore my father. My dad was bound with depression. And so in my life, if I was in wrestling and I got pinned or something, I'd go home, and I'd never tell my dad about a defeat. I didn't want to add to the, the, to the misery that he felt in his life. He was a believer. In his latter years, he got freed of the depression. But what it did for me, when I got turned on to Jesus in 90, 1971, um, the first thing that caught me was, Father God, he's so wanting to hang with me. He's wanting to love me. And so I went into fasting and prayer. I was attending Ashland High School, and God opened up my hearing ear. And of course, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then, all, then the rest of my life has been the voice of God saying, just do this, do that. Now, how do you know it's the voice of God? Because it doesn't end up always in a screwed up mess. <laughs> this is going to be kind of practical. If every time you hear the Holy Ghost, quote unquote, it's weird or religious, or it exalts you, it's probably not God. And so the teaching I'm giving you today is dangerous. And it's going to require pastoring. It's going to require uh, humility. But the feature of the Holy Spirit's work as, and then I'll get into telling you some anecdotes and I'll get you out within an hour or whenever the battery goes dead is what I was told. <laughs> of course, these guys know how to make them go dead. Number one, he brings power for evangelism. Acts chapter one. Number two, he's the spirit of truth, so don't expect a lie from him. If you're looking for a, a phony counselor, the Holy Spirit's not your man. You're going to hear stories where I tell that where the Lord rebukes me for my unbelief. He's a paraclete, which means he's a counselor. He's going to give you good advice. He's an attorney to give you legal advice. He's a defensive a defense attorney when you, when you muff it. He's an advocate for you. He's rooting for you. He's on the edge of your fence at every at bat. He's rooting for you. Listen to me. God is for you, or he wouldn't have brought you here today. How many of you know if God didn't like us, he'd have just left us in the sin and mire we all started in? God's for you. He's an intercessor. The Holy Spirit intercedes. He's a nurturer and he's a comforter. And finally, he will abide with us forever. So that's why when you read different versions, some will say the helper, some will say the counselor, some will say the comforter. I'll send another comforter because see, this word paraclete, is so expansive that it, it brings with it all kinds of benefits. So I want to talk to you about 
the Holy Spirit doing those things in my life. I got turned on to Jesus at 16, and I immediately, one afternoon, I'm, I'm in my bedroom. I hear the Lord call me. I was raised in church, but how many of you know there's a difference between being a church kid and being a kid that gets inflamed with passion to serve the Lord? And for me, it was in March of 1971. And uh, I just say hello to my mom. Got home from high school, went into my bedroom, sat on the bedroom, and the Holy Spirit commenced to talk to me in my head. I only do the things I hear in my head. And invited me on a great adventure. And I, I, I felt so weak. I had a, a sense of my sin and my inability to please God in my own effort. And I was radically born again. And then I would, I would go to, to high school and and many times I'd fast. I'd walk the halls of Ashland High School saying, I'm hungrier for the things of God than I am for the things of man. And the Lord was doing that to open up my hearing ear. So I'm real uh, involved with uh, the youth group, and I'm helping and assisting, but I hadn't heard from God my call. So when I was 18, I went to the Pentecostal Church of God uh, youth camp in Drain, Oregon. I went down the drain to get an upward call. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had one question, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? And so I uh, loved to play softball with the guys in the afternoon. And, and I was there a couple of days, and I hadn't heard God talk, and I was a little bit down about it. And my guy said, you want to go play softball? I said, man, you guys go play. I said, I'm going to go hang out in the dorm. And I went in the dorm, and I just said, God, you know, see, I couldn't get counsel from my dad my natural dad. I loved him. But he, he lived in a lot of fear. And so he wasn't capable of being my counselor and my guide. He was, loved me dearly, always. And I'm saying, God, I need your help. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, just open up the Bible. And I turn it open and flops open. This is a Pentecostal trick from way back. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He said, that's what I want you to do. And I want you to stay in Southern Oregon for one more year. And this time next year, I'll guide you to where I want to train you. And I just took it. Lord speaking, I went back to uh, Ashland and I worked at Harry and David doing pears and peaches and all the candy in the South Room. Yeah, I was the candy man. They wrote a song about me. And then... <laughs> And the next year at that time, I got guidance about Pastor Iverson's Bible College, Portland Bible College, and, and I went there. And they are still the brothers that I'm in covenant relationship with like 45 years later. See, the Holy Spirit, don't expect him to lie. Could, could we coin a phrase? Say it with me. Don't expect him to lie. He's the spirit of truth. I never freak out if someone's getting too much Holy Ghost. It's the, it's the minimum of Holy Spirit that opens up the door for the flesh. And so I'm in Bible college. And, uh, and I did that. And I was able to blaze through my four-year degree in five. And uh, <laughs> now after Bible college, I'm thinking, I want to plant a church. And so um, I was engaged to a girl. And... Uh, she dumps me, evil chick. I just pray that, no, I'm not. So after Bible college in about 1979, uh, 
I, I'm engaged to a girl and I'm standing up in front of Bible Temple, which was my home church at the time up in Portland and waving at everybody, congratulations, you're engaged. And then in about a month later, I'm trashed. And uh, it was a first experience, so I milked it really good. Free meals, lots of comfort. <laughs> and, and it was, my pride was hurt, so I didn't eat. I just didn't happen to eat much. You know, I wasn't trying to fast. But about three or four days after the breakup, the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want you to leave. It was right after Thanksgiving. I want you to go to the Bay Area. And I want you to take two weeks worth of clothes. You're going to be there longer, but you can wash your clothes. <laughs> so with single guys, you might have to tell them. Holy Spirit would have to tell us. <laughs> Otherwise, we burn them and go back to Walmart or Dollar Tree or wherever we can buy something. And, and so, so I'm sitting there, and he said, I'm, I want you to go to the Bay Area, and when you get there, I'll show you why you're here. I'm just dumped. My mentor is the guy by the name of Bill Scheidler, who's not that creative in these kind of things. Like, hey, I just found a new girl, like a month after I'm dropped. And I go there, and the first week, I'm in the Bay. I'm living in, in standing with my uncle in Hayward and went over to Oakland to Shiloh Christian Fellowship, Dave and Marilyn Kiley, Sister Violet Kiley. And I'm there, and the very first Sunday, I get up between the time that that I had I'd met Kim actually at, at a wedding we both were in about six or seven months earlier, and, and I'd grown a beard. I looked really Oregon, had my flannel shirt on, the beard. It was washed, you guys. Some of you need to remember that. Okay. <laughs> and, and I get up, and I look in the eyes of Kim, and I say, hi, Kim. I'd met her. That night, Two mutual friends had asked her to go for coffee and me for to go to coffee. I'm set, sitting next to who's going to be my life partner. And the Holy Spirit said, here's why I brought you here. I go back up to Portland and I tell my mentor, Bill Scheidler, I'm so nervous. I had a $300 leather coat. I bailed out of the restaurant, left it, and someone borrowed it. Bill owes me 300 And he told me, he said, I think you're just following your own heart. I said, I really feel it's the Holy Spirit, Bill. Pastor Iverson wrote me a note, said, I don't understand what you're doing, but I trust you. I don't. I trust the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and we got married. And I married my life partner, who, doggone it, she was praying, going to church. She swore off dating, which would have been good for me to have done. And she said, Lord, I want to sign seating. And I would like to marry a guy from Bible Temple in Portland. She never even attended. I have to get trashed and led down there like a bull. Eh. <laughs> Humiliated, which I needed. How many of you think I might need a little bit more? <laughs> Often wrong, never undecided. And so I learned that the Holy Spirit can talk to you. Go ahead and wash your clothes. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what I've called you to do. I want you to wait for a year. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but so many of these stories all happen just alone with God, prayer closet stuff. So Kim and I, we got married in, in, in um, Oakland, and we went back up to spend a year serving at, at Bible Temple, at which time Bill said, you did choose the right girl. Reluctantly. That's how German guys apologize. You did good. Like, is there an apology here? No, I'm German. We don't do that. 
okay. So anyway, so I, I take my new bride, we go up there, and the Lord really puts in our heart to plant in Medford. So we had this big church planting team. We had my oldest sister, Sharon, her husband, and their two kids. So there's like six of us, and we're in a little circle. And I look at them and say, we're not here to try to plant a church. It started. I want a 10-year commitment. How many of you will say, I'll give 10 years, even if no one else comes? My sister, my brother-in-law, they're two girls. Do we have to, Mom? Yeah, you do. Raise your hand. And my wife and I. Well, we did get more people. That was the spirit. And so my, my uh, trade background is roofing and painting. And so I, you know, we found a little house to rent for 150 a month back in 1982. And so I roofed it and painted it. And, and, and um, so I went out to see my Uncle Leo, who is a, uh, formerly an Assembly of God pastor and a tremendous example. And I drive up to his place on Coker Butte Road. And uh, I pull in there and I say, Uncle Leo, I'm back. Good to see you, Steve. What are you up to? I'm here to plant a church. He goes, and how are you going to get paid? He said, well, I said, well, I'm going to do like Paul. I'm going to work with my hands and probably roof and paint. He said, well, I hear there's a lot of work in Portland. And I thought it was just a joke. I go, oh, okay. Yeah, there was. I had plenty of work there, but, but I couldn't plant a church in Medford if I'm in Portland. So that's why I'm here. I see a few other things. He said, how are you going to get paid? Holy Spirit's using him prophetically in a non-good bedside manner way. He said, how are you going to get paid? Well, I'm going to work with my hands. He said, I hear there's a lot of work in Portland. On the third time, the Holy Spirit said, wake up, Fritz. Fritz is my inner man. He's my German naughty boy, Fritz, my inner Fritz. It's like, wake up, Fritz. I'm talking. I go, oh, I get it, Uncle Leo. I don't even know if I said goodbye. I jumped in the car. I drove down the road. And God began to open up the windows of provision. I went to my, my wife. She was raised in so much prosperity. She thought this poverty thing was like a game we're playing. Could it be for real? And I say, we're supposed to go full time right now in the ministry. Cool. We did. Money started coming in. People that we knew without praying to humans, without a fundraiser, people, 500 here, money started flowing in. There was an older couple in Medford that said, we need you to help glean the garden. They hadn't even harvested the garden, and they're asking us to help glean it. We go over there, and we're packing up, you know, boxes of tomatoes and cucumbers and various things, and so, and gave us the canning equipment. So we're at our little $150 a month house, and we're, we're canning food. And we were prepared to rough it. We had bought 25 pounds of beans and rice, and knew that we needed to buy fresh tortillas along the way. And yet God, from that point on, he sustained us. And so that prophetic word came to pass. Later on, in around 1986, we uh, had an opportunity to buy two, two different buildings. Is this, is this okay with you all? Or would you rather just get a, a root canal? 
Actually, my time's up, isn't it, Jake? Help me. Okay. Okay. Tell that story. How about the one about Cindy getting ran over? Which one is more salient? <laughs> what's, what's that? Okay. I'll just talk to you uh, because I was going to tell you how the Lord just supernaturally gave us our property in Medford. We, we bought it on the threat of money. And the Holy Spirit pushed me because coming from poverty, I didn't have the faith to, to, to purchase the building that we had. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you'll never know what I had for you. I'll bless you at the other place, but I want you to believe me for this. And then all kinds of miraculous things happened to get us in the building. One night, oh, probably five years ago, I was preaching on a Wednesday night, teaching. And all of a sudden, I saw the ushers come in and all the people that they were landing on were extended. Uh, my, my sisters come to joy and my brother was coming to joy at the time before he moved away. And I saw that there was this energy around my family, so I knew there was something going on. And I, I asked Rodney, some of you know Rodney West, and I said, Rodney, what's going on? He said, uh, you have a sister in Portland that got ran over. And so my sister Cindy, she's just the one that's a little older. There was seven of us kids originally. One, one passed away, uh, you know, like SIDS. And so there was six of us kids. And so my, my sister, who's just older than me, she was helping another sister pack up some stuff in Portland, Gresham area, and uh, the truck rolled back, should have decapitated her, but it ran clear across her chest. And so, so my other sister, Debbie, uh, she wasn't walking with the Lord. There's something about people that have walked with the Lord. It's amazing how they get close to Jesus in a hurry when there's a crisis. And so what happened was she had called in. And so I'm sitting here and I'm preaching and teaching, and I felt that I was to ask the Lord, and I told this group, I said, I may lose my ministry over this, but I'm going to ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, what to do. And I bowed my head and I said, Father, what, what do I do? And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, she'll be okay. I lifted up my head. I said, this is really risky, but the Holy Spirit said, my sister's fine. Meanwhile, up in Gresham, my sister that's dying is talking in tongues. She hears something. She hears the Holy Spirit tell her, your brother's praying for you. You'll be okay. They took her to OHSU so she could die there. And she was released in three days. Her and Ben, they said, we got to go to Medford. We got to, <laughs> well, shoot, if someone's going to pray for you and you're going to get off your deathbed, you want to live close. <laughs> I want to sell today. Tonight, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a Holy Spirit party. Tongues sound stupid. Maybe an alternator sounds stupid, but what it does is pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm not proud that I can speak in tongues. I'm proud of the one that gave me the gift of the Father. Father God told Jesus, tell him, wait, till the, the promise of the Father comes. I just want to tell you guys, 
if you have not gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's where all this groovy stuff happens. I'm a broken person. I look at my life and I go, what a ride. How beautiful you are. If there's one person, I don't want to grieve. It's the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to finish this. But tell you, come over with us. Get so full of God. Maybe you've had all these resistance about how stupid speaking in tongues sounds. It does sound stupid. But it was the vehicle that God said. Jake, I don't know how to end. Why don't you come up and help me? God bless you. Awesome. How many of you be like, okay, to hear more stories and continue to go on today? Uh, I think you can see where, you know, we'll get some of the passion and that, like I said last week, you know, this, this thing of Christianity, and you see it in my parents, you see it with Bethany and I, with uh, people here at Joy, is we're not, we're not just doing a religious thing or wanting to have some kind of a religious thing or just be church people, you know, for that reason. It's authentic. It's a love of Christ leading into a changed lifestyle. And what a beautiful thing to hear. You know, I've, I've grown up hearing these stories and seeing these stories, living through some of them. He didn't tell you the story about when the Holy Spirit really showed up in 1984, uh, uh, in the month of October, um, to bring the future new and improved second service. But just walking through with my parents and watching them you know, plant church, uh, uh, love people, be there in Medford and watching God move. And there's so many more stories he can, he can tell. But, the, you know, catch this out of this message today. The Holy Spirit, power, but also the paraclete, that, that guidance. How powerful is that? I mean, I was looking at that, the thing about the attorney to give you counsel and then the one to be your defense attorney too. That right there was worth the ticket price today. Come on. Um, we need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what our church is about. We started we said one of our distinctives is we will be directed and sustained by God, by the, by the presence of God. How does that happen? By being in tune with the Holy Spirit, right? The, the, the kind of things that are going to break out in revival in our city, in Eugene and in Springfield, are going to happen by Spirit-empowered Christians who are empowered to conquer, not just cope. Amen? Let's pray. Lift up your hands today. Father, we just invite you. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We respond to that message today in faith, in trust, in obedience. Lord, we don't want to turn off uh, one of the avenues or the avenue by which you want to move in power and wisdom and guidance in our life. We are open and receptive. Lord, have your way. Lord, we want to be full participators, full recipients, full engagers in all aspects of your kingdom. So we open up and we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill right now. Come like that rushing mighty wind. Come like the rain that falls from heaven. Come and heal and restore wounded hearts. Come and restore marriages. Come into this church. Come into this city. Come and, and have your way in us. We invite you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, you know, every week at church, people come looking for hope, looking for answers, looking for life. And I can just tell you right now what you're really looking for is Jesus. You know, this journey of being guided and led by the Holy Spirit, it starts with putting your faith and trust 
in Jesus and his work at the cross on your behalf, on my behalf, it, putting our faith and trust in that, believing in him and giving him our lives, that is where this journey starts. And God wants to take you on an amazing adventure in life. And you go, well, I'm, I don't know that I'm supposed to be a pastor. No, that many of you aren't going to be. You, you might be following Jesus into construction. You might be following Jesus into being an executive. It, it's not about being in ministry per se, but everyone has a ministry. Everyone has an adventure with God, but it starts with putting your faith in Christ. And all of us are sinners, but the scripture says that if we will call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. And so this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to take that step, that very first step in following Jesus and putting your faith in him as your Lord and your Savior. So if that's you today and you're here and you go, Pastor Jake, I want to follow Jesus, not not fake, not religion, not not just to, to just get a get out of, of jail free card in some spiritual way, but I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to put my faith and trust in him and receive the forgiveness of my sins. I want to, I want to do that today. Would you just raise your hand so I can see? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who's, who else? Come on. I want Jesus for real today. I want to change life, transform. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer. Just pray this with me, and we're going to give you an opportunity to take the next step after the service today. Pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. I thank you for your work at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be right with you. I give you my life, all the good, all the bad, and I put my trust in you. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today.